All right, everybody. Double check your gear. Make sure it's all on board. I pray you didn't forget your bug spray. They have come to the world's most isolated jungle to explore the unknown Amazon. You ready? I think so. And conduct scientific research to prove the existence of a long-lost tribe. Shinoshima worship giant snakes and anacondas as gods, perfectors. What is this? Anaconda skin. Is snakes up there this big? This skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed it has grown since then. Snakes don't eat people. Oh, they don't? That's it, man. I'm getting the hell back to L.A. It's always good to be prepared. Now, they are the ones being watched. Do you hear that? The ones being followed. Nobody move. The ones being hunted. There's something down there. That's right. No, I really mean it. I really mean it, too. But not by anything human. Anaconda. When you can't breathe, you can't scream. And welcome back to the Film Reel cast. It's that time of the week. It's time we talk about some wonderful film. This week we've got a right treat for you. An absolute doozy. It's 1997 horror comedy Anaconda. And I can't do that. Obviously I can't do that without Neil, who's obviously back on the show. Neil, how are you, my friend? Oh, very well. Thank you, Stu. I'm very, very well. And I, Yes, Anaconda, of all things. 1997. <laughs> We go from the Matrix, which is super sci-fi and everything, and then we go to this horror of snakes. <laughs> it's so kind calling it a horror film, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know quite what sort of genre to put it in, to be honest. I've got it... no idea. I really don't. I mean, you chose this film, didn't you? And I'm really pleased you did, because it's only an hour and 28 minutes long, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> What made you choose this film? I, do you know what? It's one of those films that you sort of remember fairly fondly because yeah. it, you don't. Re- there's nothing really like it in the sense of snakes and stuff. No. Like, there's all sorts of other creatures and you know make believe stuff, but you know, other than snakes on a plane, I can't think of anything else that's snake scary sort of related. And no, it's really weird, isn't it? It, mm. it really is weird because. I remember it's weird because these films are dangerous films because I remember when this came out in 97 and I watched it and I thought fuck it's a pretty good film to be yeah. honest I quite enjoyed it it's really entertaining and it's a good laugh I really like Ice Cube to see Ice Cube in a film I mean Jennifer Lopez just launched her career really she was in a few shit things before this um, mm-hmm. but this got her known um, followed by like U-Turn and other films I mean but it's it's strange because you watch it and I watch the making of on YouTube. Um, and it's so funny listening to the like the cast and the crew when they're being interviewed. And they're saying on set, uh, this is groundbreaking. The effects we're doing in this film are groundbreaking. <laughs> this is such an exciting project to be involved in. And you look at it and think, oh, my God, we've got this on film. You must be so embarrassed because it's utter <laughs> dog shit. I know back in the time. It was. It, I can't. Yeah. I don't remember laughing so much at it, but it was terrible. It is terrible. 
for today's standards it is but i think back then you know the animatronics and stuff like that were pretty amazing weren't they to be honest i think back then it was a lot you're a lot more sort of naive to it yes if you like and giant snakes and you know these things you know whether they grow to those proportions i don't know i'm not a snake expert but you know you can kind of relate to it a little bit like fuck me that's scary but yeah if you look at it today it's like oh dear but it's weird because you know? the, the special effects are so bad and when you think back in um you had alien i think i think it might have been resurrection insurrection um jurassic park that came out and you had starship troopers which True, in my actually. opinion yeah um, has much better special effects than this film and budget wise i know fifth element was huge but and the special effects there are better mm-hmm. so and i mean men in black i don't like men in black but much better special effects so it's weird. I mean, the budget for this film was 45 million. It made yes. 65 million in the US and it grossed 136 million. So there was that attraction and there wasn't anything like that with regards to snakes um, back in this time. And it's funny because I was looking and you kind of nostalgia, as I say, it is so dangerous it is. because you don't want to go into it and you only tell people, yeah, this is a pretty good film. I remember it being a really good film. And bigging it up, and someone looks at you as if like, oh my god, you have <laughs> no taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? I'm never listening to you again. Do you think this is a yeah. good film? Yeah. <laughs> you do a film podcast. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Must be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second one got a theatrical release to this, which was Anaconda's The Hunt for um, the Blood Orchid, and then unsurprisingly, this was followed by three spin-offs which were TV which were Anaconda 3 Offspring Anaconda Trail of Blood and finally the Goliath of them all which was Lake Placid versus Anaconda I mean oh my god <laughs> it's, and Lake Placid I actually quite like that film it's quite good fun but yeah what makes this film um so poor when you're considering I'm trying to be kind when you look at Jaws and I was looking at kind of films that are man versus beast. And you've got, um, uh, for me, top of the draw is um, Jaws. I think it's 1975. You've got The Birds, um, 63. Jesus, and you've got the films like The Grey, Crawl, Razorback, Jurassic Park, as we said, Piranha and Cujo. They're all really good films, in my opinion, for man versus beast. What makes this so poor, do you think? To be honest, I think it's probably the story, the script, that they, in, the, in the fact that there's so many elements, so many times they could get out of the situation they're in and they choose not to. Yeah. Do you see my point? There's, we'll talk about it, but there's so many points with this film where they could just turn around and go home and they just carry on going. And it's just, it, it's quite funny, really. <clears throat> when you think about it, you're like, you wouldn't be in danger if you just didn't go down there, but you go down there anyway. And you know it's going to be dangerous, but you still carry on going down there. And you'll listen to this psychopath that constantly looks like he's trying to have a poo. In John Boy. <laughs> John Boy, I can't wait to talk about him later. But it's strange because a lot of films will kind of, they'll make threats. So it exaggerate threats from the animal, like in Jaws, the size. And obviously, 
um, like Piranha, the fact that they can tear you apart and they'll tear a human apart, even though they, they, they don't really do that. It's kind of dead birds or chicks that fall into the, uh, the river and the Amazon and things like that. Um, and in this film, that it's interesting that why I know obviously you're going to get the anaconda and they do grow. I think the female grows to about 15 foot and the male grows to about um, nine, 10 foot. So when they okay. kind of make it 40 foot snake, mm. that do you think that they lost this from the off by forget about the, the animation, which, which is poor, but due to that's obviously kind of dated. Do you think if they would have gone with, um, a, a smaller snake that people would have sat with it. It would have sat more comfortable with people. I don't know. I don't know because it's you liken it to films such as The Meg, don't you? Yeah. And even Jaws to a certain degree because that is an oversized white shark, isn't it? I know white sharks are huge, but they're not that size. So no. I think they have to have that sort of size power thing in there to make it scary if you like so, it, it's yeah. like the super version of something that's already pretty fucking scary yeah because the premises of this like the premise of this is is good i like it and and i was trying to work out i mean jaws is so good i can watch jaws every week and still enjoy it but why am i not liking this film because the setting's good I can't remember a, anyone doing like anything of a snake, but Anaconda, brilliant. It's such an original idea. But why, why is this so poor when Jaws was done on a budget and you don't really see the shark until the last knockings of the film, last uh, half an hour of the film. And that film's so good. Is it the acting? Is it, is it the script? Is it all of it? it I think it's, it's, just... it's probably the suspense, isn't it? With such things, you know, and, Jaws, its musical score, it's iconic, isn't it? Mm. You know that piece of music from Jaws. Every if you played it, anyone would turn around and say that's Jaws, mm. generally. Yeah. And it, and like you say, you don't really see anything, but it's it, it's what you don't see that makes that film. And the fact yes. of how scary it is, and the fact that it's completely everyone's innocent, and we've talked about it before, but the mayor of the guy there is completely yeah. in denial. Yeah isn't he? And it's a completely different sort of idea in that sense. They know where they're going and he, John Voigt or uh, Paul Sorrow as yeah. he plays, is very open at the beginning about anacondas. So you instantly, there's no suspense, is there? No. In this film. You know what he's trying to do as soon as you see him and he starts yeah. talking about snakes and stuff. So I think it would be, it's, it for me, it's that side of it that lets it down. Yeah, I, I think I think that the acting is really bad in this, and I think some of the the way they went and it decisions they made really let it down. Because when when you look, I mean, obviously before we go into this, we're going to really destroy this film and talk about everything that happens. But I mean, John Voight, as you said earlier, um, Paul Sorone, he's a good actor, Midnight Cowboy. Mm. Um, absolutely brilliant deliverance for Burt Reynolds an amazing film Definitely. and he's he was kind of used to be quite a kind of it's a huge star really um, back in the 60s and like the late 70s 
But I mean, you've got Jennifer Lopez who plays a um, she's like a production manager, isn't she, for um, like documentaries. John Voight is uh, is a poacher. Eric Stoltz is someone who nearly was Marty McFly um, <laughs> <laughs> for half an hour and then wasn't. And then he was nearly in Anaconda. Then they decided it's better if he has a <laughs> gets stung in the throat and he spends half his time asleep through the film. So he's a really just so poor guy. I really feel sorry for him. Ice Cube plays Danny Rich, who's a cameraman. Um, John Hyde plays um, Warren Westbridge, who's a snobby. It's funny because w- when you look at the documentary they're making of, when you look at Westbridge, who's the English guy, the college oh, professor who narrates the documentaries, he even says, he says, well, as my role really in the film is to play. And he goes, I just basically play a complete asshole. <laughs> Yeah, he calls himself the English wanker, doesn't he? Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Because yeah. well, I'm basically Wilson. the English wanker. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, and he is. Yeah. Careful! Careful! Oh no! Fragile! Expensive wine! Christ! Morning. Morning. How was your flight? Actually, it was a bloody nightmare. Ongoing, I think. Oh. You. Stow this in my room, will you? Excuse me? I'm not the bellhop. I'm the production manager. Then surely you can manage my things into my room. And Owen Wilson plays Owen Wilson like he does in every other film. Yes. Danny Trejo's typecast to be a, uh, a poacher at the start of this. And when I looked at the credits, I thought, Frank Welker, <laughs> voice of the anaconda. I know. going to be interesting. What and when mean? I watched it, I realised that that's why they put him in there, because the anaconda screams. <laughs> it does. Oh, no. But I didn't realise that they were actually going to credit that person. <laughs> that is so good. It's I insane, just not believe it. <laughs> What's your claim to fame, Frank? Well, I was the voice for the anaconda in Anaconda. <laughs> what? I yeah. can do snake noises. I mean... yeah. I've owned a snake. I had uh, a carpet python. We spoke about this on in great depth in Snakes on a Plane. And it was a 10-foot carpet python. And when you... I mean, I love snakes. I think they're really fascinating, interesting creatures to, to keep. And especially when you watch them feed and shed and stuff like that. And it always amazes me. If you're going to have a snake, then why don't you have an expert who is like a herpetologist who's going to give advice as to what's believable what's not believable if you're going to go completely like kind of out of the park with a 40 foot snake then you which people are going to think utter bollocks then you need to stick some belief in it to say yeah the rest of it is pretty accurate but to have the snake scream is ridiculous (laughs) idea whoever thought of that is just ridiculous yeah that's true it's uh, you always think he's going to turn and go ow (laughs) stop that you know, yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but as I say, we're going to destroy this film literally in several ways. I should imagine. But the start of it is they give you that little spiel about trying to make it factual, as if this could be actually right. true. And they talk right. about forty-foot snakes in the Amazon, mysterious creatures, and it's it's just utter nonsense, and it. It does get on my tits, but you see Danny Trejo at the start, a young looking, slim looking Danny Trejo. And he's on a boat. And this, it's so funny when 
that he gets attacked by this unknown creature because it possibly couldn't be a snake because it's going through the floorboards. And it's really funny when he's on the boat and it, as it goes through the floorboards so hard, you see the, the, the nails fly out from the floorboards in front of him. It's so ridiculously exaggerated, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's clever. I have to say it's clever, but yeah, it is ridiculous. I love the fact that he's nailed the door shut. Yes. And then he managed to pull off the piece of wood that he's nailed onto it simply with one tug. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, well, what was that? that wasn't going to fucking help you in the first place, was it? And then <laughs> this, whatever it is, comes through. And I'm not being funny. He's either got the biggest hands in the world or he has picked up a toy, gu- the smallest gun ever. I thought that. It's tiny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honest. It's like something you pick up from Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, I mean, we don't know at this point whether he knows what's after him. There's clearly something smashing through the floorboards of this boat and he climbs to the top of the mast and he's holding on for dear life. And you get the close up and he puts the gun to his head and the pull away is just the gunshots. Obviously, he shot himself. Do you think yeah. that he knew because we learned that he is a poacher? Do, do you think that he was after that snake or just it was, it was just something that was scaring the shit out of him that you think, fuck this, I'm just going to kill myself? I mean, at that time, you don't know, do you? You guess it's the anaconda because that's what it's called. But, yeah. Yeah. At the time, you, I didn't know if he knew. Obviously, the no. first time you watched it, I didn't think he knew what it was. He was just some unlucky bloke on a, you know, a wrecked boat. He'd obviously crashed his boat and something was hunting him. Yeah, because it's very much like um, the start of Jaws, where they go swimming and she gets pulled under and it's like, fuck me, what was that? You know it's the shark, but you kind of think, what's going on? I'm not too sure. And it's pretty similar to this, but kind of without as much suspense. But you do get to see Jennifer Lopez at the start. And Eric Eric Stoltz, he was in The Mask when I was younger. I remember watching that about... um, some ugly kid who was really deformed and that was really really good um really sentimental very sad i think it's different based on a true story not the one with jim carrey very very different one yeah 100% <laughs> different jesus <laughs> he was good in that but his his career never really took off in the direction that i should imagine he hoped it would well i'm not being funny from his acting in this film you can see why but it's strange because he at one time he was so close to making it, so close to being a big thing, and then he kind of took bit parts like he was in Pulp Fiction, like the drug dealer, and you just don't, yeah, you just don't see him now. And you say that his acting isn't great, and you get the instant connection when you're introduced to Jennifer Lopez at the start, uh, a very young-looking Jennifer Lopez. She's lovely, and yes. that she meets Eric Stoltz, um, Doctor Stephen Kale. And there's that connection there. They obviously know each other. They make that pretty clear. And it, I like this film that I know it's only an hour and a half, but it does get going really quick. The next scene is they're on their boat at the start of their expedition. You see Ice Cube there. Um, and Ice Cube just plays Ice Cube, doesn't he? You know what you're getting with him, don't you? Yeah. Big burly bloke that is going to listen to some pretty cool music and try and punch people. 
Exactly. And he know, he's like Samuel Jackson, that when he swears, yeah. it, it sounds so good. No one can swear like him. It's honestly great. Yeah. And you get all of the cast coming um, onto the boat. And thankfully, for our benefit, they introduce themselves to who they are. And it's very, very basic. And you've got the baddie as well, um, who he may as well have a T-shirt to say that I'm a baddie. Matteo <laughs> looks like okay. someone who's a probable sex offender or traffics people. And yes, he just looks a wrong. One. And I love these films when the audience can notice it straight away. But no one else can. Everyone's so trusting of him. Yeah, just uh, the fact that they're so horrible to him as well. This is his boat, Linda. They've clearly hired him and his boat to go around the Amazon. And they're just talking to him like he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Do this, do that. So, you know, I'll be like, fuck off. This is my boat. Yeah. You're going to talk to me, say, Captain, can you take us here, please? Eric Stoltz really talks down to people. He's, he's on such a high pedestal, isn't he? Looking yeah. down on everyone else. And it, he's such a dick in this. At least oh, when you meet Warren Westridge, that you know that he's a dick. He doesn't really make any kind of like point of denying that or hiding it. And that's what he is. But Eric Stoltz's character is such a bellend. Yeah, he's slimy, isn't he? He's slimy hmm. and just so full of his own self-importance and oh yeah, yeah just instantly yeah. take a dislike to him yeah and you, you get the little groups as well like you've got owen wilson who i thought he was trying to be australian i wasn't <laughs> too sure if he was doing an accent doing. or not but no. he's with um he hooks up with the like the production kind of sound manager as well doesn't he Denise and Goldberg, yeah yeah, and she's she's very attractive. But it, it's good because you know Ice Cube's going to live. Eric Stoltz could live, might die at the end, and Jennifer Lopez will live. So it's a case of waiting for what scenario is going to turn up to see when the rest of the cast are going to die. And it's I, I do enjoy things like that. I find it quite good. You've got guessing who's going to cark it first and who's going to yeah. survive, definitely. Yeah, who's going to die first? And and it's not too long until when they start their journey. And it's only, unsurprisingly, I think it's about it's about 10 minutes in, that in the middle of a storm whilst they're going through the Amazon, that they bump in to the, the one and only John Voigt, who talk about overacting as a baddie. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's meant to be from Paraguay. And he's got this ponytail he this look on his face that he does honestly is the strangest look is it an evil look or a smirk i just don't know it's constipation with an attitude (laughs) it's so funny it's awful it is there's that bit later on where he's in the hammock listening to their conversation and he literally does just look like he's you know trying to push one out he's he just looks ridiculous it's so funny but he and it's those longing looks between him and Matteo that no one else on the boat picks up that possibly they might know each other (laughs) yeah oh do you guys know each other no what are you talking about well you keep looking at each other like you know each other no 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 it's utter dog shit and for some reason 
Um, you've got Owen Wilson's character, Gary, who is a complete dick in his kind of he takes like um John Voigt takes Gary kind of under his wing, doesn't he? For some reason. And I don't know this, it's not really explained because as to why he's so vulnerable and why later on in the film that Owen Wilson just changes character completely from being someone who's pretty weak willed and is easily led to then holding the rest of the boat hostage along with John Voigt. It's a, quite a step up, isn't it? Oh, it's massive, isn't it? He's just like, because he's clearly in love, isn't he, with Denise, played mm. by Kari Wurra. I guess that's how you say her surname. Very attractive lady. <laughs> Yes. And um, yeah, he just seems to get very obsessed with um, Paul Cerrone, played by John Voight. So easily, doesn't he? He's just sort of obsessed with him. But yeah, his character arc twists so quickly, doesn't it? He sees, yeah. you know, at this point in the film where he falls in love with him pretty much. Yes. He's seen a couple of his mates die and he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, we're going to listen to this guy that's clearly caused all of this to happen. <laughs> Yeah, and he doesn't see reason when she says to him, "What are you on about? Why are you doing this? Why have you changed?" And he goes from kind of pacifist to, "Yeah, let's watch him hunt this snake. We we can make the money together. We can all split it." It's like, whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. This, it's absolute nonsense. And this bollocks. There's, yeah. yeah, there is no explanation for it whatsoever. It's quite funny, and you get the the competition instantly when they kind of butt horns with uh, John Voight and Eric Stoltz when they're trying to kind of out-knowledge each other, which makes me laugh about facts in the Amazon. It's such a geeky argument to have. <laughs> yeah. such a load of bollocks. Oh, it's bollocks, isn't it? It's like, oh, I hunt snakes. And he's like, well, I hunt tribes, and I'm rather good at that. <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking hell. Put your cocks away, boys. No one cares. Exactly, exactly. And you get the, the scene where you don't yet see the snake properly. And you see a bit of the snake, a bit of the threat, 15 minutes into it, when I think it's a jaguar, and the snake mm. attacks the jaguar, and it crushes this um, lovely cat. And what's left behind is an eyeball. Yeah. And wh whose eyeball is that? It's the cat's eyeball, I think. He's basically crushed it so hard it's made his eye pop out. Uh... However... It doesn't look like a cat's eye, does it? No, it doesn't look like the cat's <laughs> eye because kind of the the pupils, it, it's a different colour to start with, which yes. was really confusing. And they even make a point of doing a close-up on it, bravely doing a close-up on an eye that I thought, is that a human eye? But is it a cat's yeah. eye? I, I don't know. They're, it's just a weird thing to, to kind of do a close-up on, but so we, we do kind of get a sign that this snake is so powerful that it will kill. I take it that is a jaguar, isn't it? Uh, I, yes. I think so, yeah. And as they're going down the river, they come across this massive totem pole with the snakes on. And you we're told then that, or, kind of, or we'd learned before, that Eric Stoltz's idea, their mission on their kind of documentary is to find this long-lost tribe. And that's yes. who they're looking for. And then you get... John Voigt, who says that this totem pole protects people from the gods and there's a, a massive lake and there's a waterfall and it belongs to this tribe who kind of worship them. And again, that Eric Stoltz picks him up on that and says that factually he is wrong. Um, the Shirahima people 
are the ones. And he says, well, no, it's not. And it's just a pointless argument they have to try and outknowledge each other when Eric's, it's clearly they've both got very small penises that it's an argument no one gives a shit about on the boat, isn't it? There's a legend they passed down of a journey to a sacred lake. First, you must pass a waterfall protected by warrior snakes. Once you pass those guardians, you travel through the land of the Shir Shama until you come to a wall so high, flats out the Follow sun. that wall for five days, finally reaching its end, the head of a giant anaconda. You know the story? Of course. Beautiful, beautiful legend. I believe, however, it's a legend of the Maku. Also the Shir Shama. Not to my knowledge. The war is high now, but the village was right here. You'll find them down this fork. I know. I trap snakes for a living. And I'm sure you're very good at it. I locate tribes for a living, and I'm very good at that. Yeah, and you also get the bit where Owen Wilson and I can't even pronounce her name. They go into the jungle and they're there to, to allegedly record sound of the jungle. And they're meant to be two professionals, but you knew every film has to have a part of it when I'm surprised there wasn't boob in this. I was disappointed as well, I have to say. I was but, sad, to be fair. Yeah, yeah it, it was quite disappointing. But they're in the jungle and they start to make out, which is fair play, honestly, if you've got someone that attractive, you'd try any angle, wouldn't you? Especially as there is an attraction there anyway. But And then they're chased by something. And they start screaming. Did you think at that point that they were being chased by the anaconda? No, because the pig, pig noise gave it away straight away, didn't it? It did. It did indeed. And so, I kind of wondered where they were going with this. I, I did as well, because it would have been better if they were being chased by the anaconda, but it sort of gave up when it obviously saw there was more or whatever. But, I mean, one, all right, I don't care how horny you get, would you ever go into the middle of the Amazon. No, I'm frightened of spiders. I go nowhere exactly. near it. There's snakes, there's spiders, there's probably other insects that would give you some sort of poisonous bite or climb up your penis. You know, it's yes. it's just not worth trying to get your end away with all those dangers unless you're some sort of sycophant that likes that sort of danger. But, you know, but yeah, instantly, because you knew... It, like you say, it's the horror film trope, isn't it? That you know these things are going to happen. But as soon as they put that pig noise in there, it was like, oh, well, that's not the anaconda, is it? I don't know yeah, why, I don't know they, why did they did it. Yeah, it's really strange decision. Again, like yeah. a lot of these films, that the decisions are really strange because if they would have kind of cut away quicker without the noise, you possibly, because at that time they weren't known actors or... Um, they could have just cut away and you thought, well, one of them's got it or both of them's got it and they're not going to come back and then questions will be asked. But to give it away actually to what it is kills yeah. any kind of climax. And it's always just a really strange decision, like a lot of this film. And they run away and John Voight's there. And it, there's no, again, it's just like they did in Braveheart when you think uh, Mel Gibson's going to get shot because he's got someone there with a bow and arrow. And they, they, they shoot the threat that's against them. And it's just exactly the same thing happens. John Voight's there with yeah. his rifle and shoots yeah. this kind of hog. And it's it, it's just weird. It, it could have been so much better. Decision making in this film is really poor, isn't it? It is. It is so weird. And it's, 
I don't know, why was John there anyway, Paul? Was he hoping to have a bit of a perv? I think he was rubbing one out watching him, I think. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. So if they would have panned down, they would have seen his penis out. (laughs) Rock hard. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. He was firming up in the jungle. (laughs) And then you get this next scene is where, conveniently, the propeller on the boat goes around some rope. And was this done intentionally? Because we don't see that it's done intentionally, do we? Or do we? Did I miss that? No, well, the rope's dangling off the end and then all of a sudden it gets caught up in the propeller, doesn't it? So my assumption as it leads out was the fact that Paul had put it in the water to get it hooked up. Yes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm. And what made me laugh was um, when it got Eric Stoltz down there, untangling it, wearing his wetsuit... And it's the funniest face. It's so, so good. When you've got Jennifer Lopez putting her hair back in a ponytail and she's unaware that John Voight is watching her and she suddenly looks up and looks at him watching her. And the look on his face is so funny. If I was her, I wouldn't be worried. I would have just pissed myself laughing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's such a funny look. Whoever was this... Like acting coach, if they had to practice evil looks for a baddie, they should be just wiped off the face of the earth because it's absolutely shocking. It's so funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was another. This whole thing was another pissing contest, wasn't it? Yeah. With, between Eric and John as well, because Eric's like, I'll go down, and you know, John Voight's like, Oh no, I should probably do it, and he's like, Oh no, no, I'll do it. Thank you very much. It's like, oh Jesus Christ, you know. Will you yeah, two yeah. please stop this now? It's it's getting a bit boring. But yeah, yeah, that bit where he's looking at Jennifer Lopez. I mean, what the fucking hell is that face? I know. It is brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. It's so funny. And then, and then it cuts away that... I mean, the thing is, some evil people don't look evil. So he doesn't no. have to have... It would have been better if he would have come across really helpful, normal-looking... And didn't have that evil look on his face. But the fact he's got it all the time to, for the audience to realise that he is evil is comical decision. It's ridiculous. But Eric Stoltz starts panicking. And it's not because he's about to come out of the film and be just a, a character who lays in bed all the time. It's because someone put like a fucking enormous wasp inside his mask. How did, did he not realise oh, that that yeah. was in there? You'd know... How that? Yeah, it's it's utter nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you check your equipment, no end whatsoever, in relation to that. But yeah, uh, it's huge. It's not even like yeah. a tiny wasp that you could hide down the tube. It's fucking massive. Yeah, it's fucking enormous. It really is enormous, and it stings him. Obviously, closing his throat up, so he uh, he can't breathe whatsoever so they drag him on the deck of the boat and thankfully john voigt's character is a doctor as well and performs a tracheotomy yes. with a biro it's amazing isn't it yeah he, the skills this man have are just in abundance the, the, yeah he can exactly. do everything absolutely <laughs> yeah it's so good it is so fucking funny it really is and they all thank him for saving his life and he's a real hero and now, all of a sudden, the radio doesn't work on the boat. And when they start talking about it, 
like Matteo and John Voigt do the most guilty looks they could possibly do, like a ten year old who's nicked a biscuit and they've got a chocolate all around their face and deny it yeah. when they're me. confronted by their parents. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a brilliant analogy. It's true. It's like no, it is. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible decision. And so they they go down the Amazon and funnily enough and conveniently. And I'm glad it is pointed out by Jennifer Lopez that the way they need to go is um, a, a, through a shortcut. And it's the way that he originally wanted to go, but was denied going um, this passage. Yeah. And he says, well, it's the shortest way. It will save us 50 miles. But they need to blow up this dam. And you're kind of led to believe. And they point out, well, that dam's there to keep something in. But if it doesn't make sense because it's a snake, and a snake can go wherever it wants. Well, so, yeah, it's a, a land and water based snake. <laughs> yeah. So it could just go, oh, no, oh, oh, there's a dam in the river. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to go yeah. home. It's, yeah. it's nonsense. But this is my point with this film is the sense that they've turned around and said, well, you tried going down there earlier and we've said no. And he goes, well, it'll cut 50 miles off. It's like, well, it doesn't. Because if we just turn round, would go back yeah and when you look at the map it turned you know even the map shows that it doesn't actually go anywhere <laughs> i know it's <laughs> fundamentally wrong isn't it it really and they're just kind of, okay okay strange yeah. man that ever since you've come onto a boat people have you know horrend horrible things have started happen it's yeah it's just bollocks it's nonsense it would have been better if like piranha um not the the old uh, lee majors one but the the newer ones like Piranha 3D, where they're proper tongue and cheek um, yes. with Kelly Brookin and it's all boobs and it, it's just you know what you're getting. It would have been better if this film didn't take itself as serious and didn't try and be as dramatic and create that tension in it that that isn't there. It would have been much better if it took itself like for what it is, a bit of fun and over the top, rather than try and do what it's doing because. I think it it ruins it. If it was tongue and cheek, it, you wouldn't mind the dating of it so much because it'll be good fun. But because yeah. it's trying to be serious, you look at it now and think, God, this is fucking terrible. And I'm really embarrassed that I actually sat down and watched this and took it serious. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I completely agree. But like you said, they were trying to. This was supposed to be a really horrible, scary film. And it yeah. just it just wasn't at all like you're right the more it goes on the more ridiculous it becomes and you're just like oh really you know yeah. <laughs> when they blow up the dam it's unreal isn't it yes it's 100% unreal yeah I mean how much dynamite did they use it was it, it was just they've blown up it was ridiculous how much they blew up they've blown snakes everywhere yeah and they, lose they could have blown up the Hoover Dam, couldn't they? they Rather could have than done. a wooden one made of vine built by Amazon men and women. Yeah. That it's just yeah, they used so many sticks of dynamite, it was unreal. It's like Hiroshima they could have created all over again in the Amazon. But it's, it's but, yeah, it's nonsense. And it's, if these are meant this to be point though, isn't it? You turn mm. you get to that point, wouldn't you, in turn around as well, mate, this you know this bit river and why is there a dam here? It clearly wasn't built yesterday. 
or a couple of weeks ago. It's been here for ages. Why would yeah. you just turn around and say, sorry, no, we're not. We're going to turn around and we're going to go back the way we came. But they yeah. just go, oh, no, blow it up. That's fine. And he even says that, that that wasn't here last time, but it's covered in reeds that have been there and vine that's, and tree yeah. that's been there for fucking hundreds of years. And they still accept his excuses. Yeah. Uh, it's just nonsense. It's, these are meant to be documentary makers who go out <laughs> into the jungle that they're frightened of snakes, so like ball pythons and things like that, which aren't even venomous. It, it's just they don't know their basic animals either. It's just right. comical. It really oh. is comical. When Jonathan but, Hyde gets bitten on the snake by the baby snake as well. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's so, yeah. it's so unbelievably fake. It's fantastic. Uh, it's priceless. It really is it absolutely is. comical. I, I think it's fucking brilliant. And the look of horror on his face, as if, as an audience, we're meant to be going, oh, my God, he's so brave. That is sick. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, oh. it's funny. And they do come across the boat used by Danny Trejo. And again, that this is all planned. And as an audience, we know it. But as the cast, or as the crew, none of them know it whatsoever. And the penny still doesn't drop. And it's it makes it comical. It really does. And so they decide to go on board the boat. And why does? I don't understand why Ice Cube thinks, I'm going to go with them and bring my video camera. Because at the I moment, no it's idea. now turned into a rescue mission. They want to get Eric Stoltz back to a hospital, but he wants to go on video stuff. All they're doing is going on this abandoned boat to look for fuel. So why he brings his camera, I've got no idea. I don't know, because there's no, there's no payoff for that either, is there? No. Whatsoever. It's not like he discovers something. Other than filming Paul Cerrone a little bit, there's yeah. no payoff for it whatsoever. It's not like... Because when they go onto the boat, there's that picture, isn't there, of yes. the three of them. So um, the driver of the boat, Johnny, Danny Trejo and uh, Paul Cerrone all holding a snake. But he doesn't yeah. even capture that. So I don't no. understand it at all, mate, to be honest. I really don't. Because I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe they were going to go down a different direction with it. Because what, it, what were they going on the boat to get? Snakeskins, was it? Uh, he wanted that um, box, didn't he? Which I think was full of maps and stuff right. like that. And obviously it did have the snake skins and stuff like that in it as well. Yeah. So, so I, I think couldn't... that's what he wanted to do. And obviously his, his mate's boat, wasn't it? So he's hoping to find him alive, but clearly he didn't find him. No, so. no. It would have been nice if they would have found bits of him or something. I honestly don't know. But because I, I, I thought... If there's anything on it that I don't want the other cast and crew to find, then simply don't go on the boat and then no one will be any the wiser. But I don't know whether it cocked it up because Ice Cube wanted to go on there as well and that wasn't part of the plan. I honestly don't know. But he videos them and I, I don't know what he's meant to be getting from videoing them. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it just leads to our first death of the film, which... The one we actually do see, um, and it was surprisingly we like kind of nearly forty minutes into it, and it's Matteo obviously who bites the bullet, and it's a really funny death. I mean, when they made this, they made a mechanical um, uh, snake, and then they went over it with the kind of the animation, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah, it's quite clever. It, it is clever, yeah, and I've, I've, I kind of understand why 
back in those days in 97 they were like yeah this is mind-blowing um it wasn't quite mind-blowing but it's too animated and i think jaws works really well and you know that it's a mechanical shark but it still looks good and i i think that part of the difficulty is trying to do something with a snake that big without making it animated and keeping it mechanical must have, it would be impossible wouldn't it yeah no definitely i w- yeah i mean the cgi part of it is awful isn't it now when you look yeah. at it it's so overly dated it doesn't it doesn't even look believable at all yeah so after that you really then get john voigt taking control of the boat and he's just by using fear alone because none of the other people on the boat are fighters at all apart from ice cube but he he gives the impression that he's from a gang and he's got his la cap on he speaks like he does normally and that he's got a bit to back him up with but he's got nothing really is he which is a bit of a disappointment in this oh massive he 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 talks the big game doesn't he in this massively but he's he's clearly hasn't got anything about him at all. Hey, hey, hey! Don't touch my radio. You know, I could cheerfully hire some of the kid. A local tribesman, perhaps. Fifty dollars should cover it. I could just kill you for free right now. You and this army. Your mamas. Yeah, so things really change when Owen Wilson describes uh, or decides to get a pair of bollocks and suddenly, as we said before, actually changes which side he's on, changes his allegiance and thinks that it's a good idea to hold the rest of the boat hostage. And he just turns evil for no reason, for no arc, for no decision, for, there's no conversation or build up to this. He decides just that what filming the snake going against the woman he clearly loves and holding her hostage as well, just to be on John Voight's side. I don't know whether this is just a case of I want to be on his side because I want to live, but I, I really don't know. But it's utter bollocks, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah, because they do have a, a very slight conversation. It's a minute conversation about the fact of catching one of these snakes and how much money it would make him. And I guess the only way it kind of works is the fact that he thinks oh i'll get rich from it but it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever it's so weak oh it is he's willing to turn against the girl he clearly loves and you know the people he knows as friends and colleagues just for some crazy weirdo yeah for someone he's never seen before who's clearly really evil and it's strange because jennifer lopez is really vocal against um, John Voigt and then they think they come up with this idea that if she tries to seduce him um, <laughs> that that's going to work and that he's going to believe it and clearly he doesn't believe it but before then you get a bit that reminded me of Jaws is when they're trying to catch and trying to land mm-hmm. this anaconda and he's using a winch at the back of the boat and he's got a dead monkey that he shot out of the tree to use as bait and oh, this no anaconda comes up and that's when as we spoke about earlier you hear the anaconda scream because it's got a hook in its mouth it's diabolical i know i know but you know frank welker well done mate (laughs) i hope he got paid a lot of money for that i honestly do honestly 
so they decide to shine the torch in the, the snake's face to blind it because um, obviously they know about these things and the optical vision of the snake even though the snake doesn't really see anything like that it just sees in heat that they yep. decide to blind that snake um, and unsurprisingly the snake then just pulls away and uh, escapes and I, I kind of when I first watched it I forgot and I thought that maybe that might be a baby snake and they do capture it and then the mum snake comes after it to some bollocks like that because I knew it was going in the shit direction. But yeah. the and when the snake's tail is flipping around and just the last little bit of it hits Ice Cube and he goes flying <laughs> about six foot across the deck. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's hilarious, isn't it? Oh, his little tiny me. knife. That he's, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know where he's got that from because he keep, he's got out a couple of times. Isn't he? Like, oh yeah, look at my yeah. He could cut knife. a slice of bread with that bloody knife. I know. Honestly. It's like, it's oh, so come small. On. Come on. <laughs> then the snake spits out the monkey over the doctor, <laughs> and the look of horror on his face, and the snake's almost looking at everyone. Uh, it's just ridiculous that the expression on the snake's face. And it's just nonsense. It is. Oh, it's just, like, oh, I'm, just yeah. to, I'm just taking a mental note of all of you. you yeah. Know? And the snake goes through the window and it's just, it's hissing. And, oh, it's just, it's shocking. How can they, I mean, there must be good actors to try and build that suspension or suspense and not laugh during these oh, and I try know. and keep it together because yeah. it's fucking terrible. And you do yeah. get... Um, I can't even fucking pronounce her name, but you do get Denise Kohlberg, who's Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. Wah-ha. Wah-ha. Yeah. But Wah-ha. Owen Wilson's love. Um, she falls in the water. Owen Wilson suddenly does a decent thing. He decides to be a gentleman. He goes to rescue her. And you know that someone is going to bite the bullet. And yeah. thankfully, it's Owen Wilson who gets killed by this animated snake. And again, he gets wrapped around. And it's just so. <laughs> Funny. You can't look at this in horror. You no. really can't. You can't. It, it, I no. wish I knew what my reaction was when I was younger when I watched this. I really, really do. Because it's 74, 84, 94. I would have been 23. So yeah. I wouldn't have been that much of a, uh, a twat. Hopefully, <laughs> I would have found this quite suspenseful. But he takes Owen Wilson away. And then to make things even worse, oh, when you see the shot of the snake next, you see Owen Wilson's face in his belly as he swims by. It's, I know. Oh, it's, it's so. It's it? uh, it's just, oh, his face just. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so many wrong decisions made by the bloody director and producer, and the editor as well of this film it's absolutely shocking and that's when we said that they decide even though they've all overtly <laughs> spoken about their hate that she's going to go and seduce john voight oh, and that uh, and it's just a fucking terrible idea it's never ever going to work and i'm glad it doesn't work to be honest but it works in enough sense that he works out that they're being or he's being tricked but enough of them gang up on him and they smack him on the head and I like the fact that he says asshole in one that Westridge does. I think that's the only good line that comes out of his mouth <laughs> when he yeah. knocks him out because he's smacking those golf balls off the edge of the boat. But 
So they decide that they do need to get back to the hospital. And if they would have just left John Voight alone, tied up, it would have been fine. Their plan would have worked and it, it would have been absolutely great. But as usual in these films, they simply can't do that. And they get to the waterfall, the famous waterfall that John Voight was speaking about, where the anacondas are and it's like kind of worshipped by the, the tribesmen there. And whilst they get the boat kind of um, grounded or um, Ice Cube does when he's driving the boat, and whilst they're trying to get that off and possibly go and look for some fuel as well, you get um, Owen Wilson's missus, um, Denise Kohlberg, who's still hung up on his death, that goes over to him and is she's got a gun and is she going to shoot him or is she not going to shoot him? What did you think? she's yeah she's got a knife isn't she and it's just i don't know what the fuck she's doing to be honest she's i don't know why she's trying to be such a you know she's clearly not the type of person that can kill people so why she's decided to start threatening him and stuff like that it's just it doesn't make any sense does it because she's no. even crying when she's doing it it's like yeah. why why are you doing this yeah. It doesn't make she, any sense whatsoever. No, she's not a killer. It, it's not in her no. whatsoever. John Voight can see that. And a man of John Voight's age manages to shimmy up the pole, even though he's tied behind his back. Shimmy? And then do some kind of wrestling move and get her in like a leg lock. And he chokes her to death. Within about 10 seconds, oh. he must have thighs like lead. I think he jumps up the pole, doesn't he? I mean, James would have been absolutely thrilled to be able to do a wrestling move like that. It would have been superb, honestly. It would have been, wouldn't it? It would. He chokes her out and then uses her knife. She's useless in this. She deserves to bloody die. No, she does, yeah. And he kicks her into the river. Even though there's a massive splash, they turn around and they don't think anything is suspicious, do they? (laughs) No. They're like, oh, I wonder what that was. Oh, never mind. I can't see Denise on deck anymore and there's a massive splash in the lake where there's nothing happening, but, but everything's all right. That's yeah, right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's just so shit. Though honestly, they've not done any of these characters justice it's just whatsoever. It's not explained either, is it? Like they they don't really react at all, do they, to the fact that there's quite an industrial building that they've come across? No. Just in the no. middle of the Amazon, where these yeah. snakes apparently live and stuff like that. You know, it's got a chimney and all sorts. It's like surely if they built something like that there someone would have known about it yeah it would have been like a cocaine making plant wouldn't it normally you know just covered up and that's it yeah but it just again it didn't make any sense it wasn't like some real nice ancient place was it where you think these snakes live it's some fucking derelict shitty warehouse thing it just, oh, I yeah, I'm sure there are lots of factories in the middle of the Amazon tucked away in different places, you know. I'm <laughs> sure there are. Definitely. <laughs> but thankfully, we've got 20 minutes left of this film. And they're at this waterfall. You've got Westridge, who starts to climb up the waterfall for some reason. And this, thankfully, is about 40 foot up in the air. But do not fear, this snake is 40 foot long. And exactly. it, it gets him. And it kind of coils up on his uh on his I say his back legs but on his back tail 
and wraps him up shockingly. The special effects are absolutely shocking and it crushes him. But the tree that the boat is tied against kind of falls down, bringing the anaconda off. But Westridge has got it. He's it's a real shocking death, really. It's shit. It's a worthless death. And that just now leaves. You've got Jennifer Lopez. You know she's not going to die. John Voight is going to die at some point. Ice Cube is not going to die. And the snake's going to die. So at this point in time, there is zero tension. It's just comedy to be had, isn't there? Oh, definitely. You're thinking, Ooh, how are they going to kill these people off now? Or, you know, how is John Voight going to get it? In a sense like that, you just, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, how are they going to pan this one out? But I just, exactly. I love the... F- I love that Eric Stoltz all of a sudden wakes up. <laughs> he remembered <laughs> he was in the film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shit. Like, oh, yeah. I'm acting in this, aren't I? <laughs> it's shocking. But a snake gets like shot in the head. It gets axed. And everything happens to it. And whilst he's just about to shoot Ice Cube, you've got Eric Stoltz, as you say, comes out. And shoots him in the back with a, a tranquilizer. Why don't they? I mean, they kick him in the river. It, it, again, it's like Halloween, where, where Jamie Lee Curtis takes down Michael Myers and leaves the knife next to him. I mean, yeah. why don't they just tie him up? Why don't they kill him? No one's going to find out. They're in the middle of the bloody Amazon. They well, can get away with it. That's the thing. But I mean, he's just been, you know, he's been tranked with something that supposedly will take down a 40-foot snake. I think it would just fucking kill him instantly, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, I know. It's amazing. Take down a T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this could take, yeah, take down a Tyrannosaurus or whatever. But they're still, at this point, they're still stuck on the rock. Yeah. He's fallen in the water, been full of absolute ridiculous amount of trank. You think, well, he's got to be dead, hasn't he? You know. You'd think so. You'd honestly the, think so. How is he going to survive that sort of thing? And it's yeah, yeah. I mean, common and sense would say that. But again, when Ice Cube and J Lo go and look for barrels with fuel in them, I thought if you had a metal barrel and you just wiggled it, you could tell whether there was anything in there or not. But they've got these barrels that are clearly empty and they're trying like buggery to try and get the lids off to see if there's anything inside them. <laughs> yeah, that sloshing noise will probably give it away. <laughs> and this is only five minutes after literally since Voight's been tranquilized. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's got enough speed and guys in him to go and knock them out with the butt of the rifle. And they wake up and they're tied together. And he's killed another monkey. And he's bled this monkey into a bucket. And he pours the monkey blood over um, J-Lo and Ice Cube. And he does that look on his face again where I'm evil. My true colours come out now. And it's just shockingly comical. I love it. Oh, it's it, brilliant. He's such a pantomime villain. He really is. Oh, he is, isn't he? He is like, this is the bad guy. You know, he yeah. couldn't. You know, but when he picks up those that white stuff, ashes, and he goes, "This is human bow, and it's how it comes out, ashes to ashes." And it's like, oh, <laughs> fuck off. It's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> and then the so snake bad. goes on full animation, doesn't it? When it mm-hmm. comes down, and you get kind of snake cam, and it wrap, kind of 
twists around both um, Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. And for some reason, I mean, he puts them in a, a net and he's planning. You kind of think, what are you going to do with this now? You've got two humans and a 40 foot snake in a net. You're on your own. <laughs> what can you do? You can't move them. You can't carry them. Yeah, but what he does do is tie the rope to a really shitty rusty pipe because that'll hold it. <laughs> yeah. That would deal with it. God. That'll do it. The snake decides to, that he can recognise people because he looks at John Voigt, bites John Voigt, and he's got him wrapped up. Then he sees Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez. And he looks at both of them and as if like, I know who you are and you're all right. So I'm going to eat John Voight. Yeah. And then they even go to a more stupid decision to show like a camera inside the snake's mouth, swallowing John Voight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, like you said it, earlier, the decisions they made in relation to this, they must have thought... You know, we could do this, but it's not going to work because we can't really do it yet. But they still went, ah, let's do it anyway. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Let's be that film that was groundbreaking. Yeah. Groundbreaking (laughs) for wrong reasons. Yeah. Jesus. They got nominated for six Razzies in this. I think they won a few, but it's just terrible. And the snake chases after Jennifer Lopez up this chimney that you spoke about earlier. And they decide that they're going to get the snake trapped up the chimney and blow it up. And it's a really, you kind of think, if this is what happens at the end, bearing in mind Jaws, when Jaws blew up, it's a huge explosion. The, the, the explosion is such a letdown. It's such a flop. It's like an erection going floppy when this bloody chimney falls down. It's so poor, isn't it? Oh, it is. The whole thing, isn't it? It's, she's struggling to open the cage isn't she at the top of the thing and he has to tell her push it from this way oh okay it's a fuck what yeah. <laughs> i can't see what you're doing but push it from this side oh, that's helpful <laughs> fucking clue cheers oh, and then they go on. full on friday the first or halloween part two when the snake is set on fire and he's burning away and this screaming still because snakes obviously do scream going ouch ouch yeah. and then it goes down and you obviously think it's all over but no it's been shot in the head it's been axed it's been set on fire and blown up and the snake still comes back again oh theory me unkillable Unkillable it's a film full of suspense isn't it honestly oh it is it really is and ice cube (laughs) because you're falling off with laughter that's why (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and Ice Cube picks up the axe that they did a nice close-up on earlier when Jennifer Lopez walked on the jetty and slams the um, the axe into the anaconda's head. And thankfully, Jesus Christ, thankfully, the snake is finally dead. And they can go back to Eric Stoltz, who remembered yet again he is in a film, and they discover the tribesman, and everything is good. And Ice Cube says, I'll go and get the camera, shall I? They've forgotten about half the crew that has died and been murdered. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fuck them. They're all right. <laughs> I think the best bit about all of this is when the John Voight got vomited up. 
by yeah, the snake. I forgot about that. And he winks. And then winks at Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, so funny. I've been partially digested by a giant snake, but I'm going to give you a little wink because, you know, <laughs> might still get lucky. <laughs> It's so shocking. I'd love to know whose idea. Whether oh, John Boyd went, I know what, I'm going to wink. Yeah, brilliant idea. Oh, go on, John. Fantastic. <laughs> you're oh, you're going to get an Oscar for this, mate. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Basically, filming the tribe, they've got what they want. And as I said earlier, they've completely forgotten about all of their close friends. <laughs> that died. And they just live happily ever after. Ignorant in that fact. They just are, an amazing. They? It's, it's insane, isn't it? Where they're just like, oh, well, let's carry on then. Let's go home. <laughs> no, none of them have got PTSD. None of them are in shock. It's just, that's it. Are they professional or are they just stupid? I wonder. I think it's probably column B. <laughs> Do you know, it amazed me just how different opinion I got from this film from watching it 20 odd years later. You know what I mean? Going from, wow, yeah. this film is the shit. This is great. This is so intense to, fuck. I'm yeah. Such a twat. <laughs> it does show you that time does make a difference, doesn't it? it yeah. And some films you can go back to and think, oh my God, that's amazing. And it still, you know, looks as good as it did sort of now as it did then. But this one has not aged well at all. And, no. And the, the actual arc of the story and everything is pretty awful, isn't it? It's poor. Oh, it is. It is, yeah. It, and it's just shocking. But again, that kind of goes to the, the conundrum of when we spoke about Jaws and when we did our Jaws review, mm. and that it's still such a great film. When it's shown at the cinema for an anniversary edition, I'll go and watch that. The Birds, Cujo, that's a Stephen King yeah. book. I mean, that's so old. I'd watch that again. Piranha, it's so cheesy, doesn't tell doesn't take itself serious, no. and so on. So you kind of think, what was the the magical ingredients that turn this gold into shit? You know, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Because the cast isn't that bad. John Voight's acting is awful. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, John Voight and his strange face throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I still can't get over that. It's in, brilliant, isn't it? They must have just turned around and said, right, John, I mean, you look pretty weird anyway. You know, yeah. no disrespect to you. But can you just pull a really evil face throughout the entire film? <laughs> and it just, you know, Paul Blake looks like he's having a stroke most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's either that or like Donald Pleasance, where he took the role and didn't really want it or know what it was about. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, just, dear. Well, uh, we've got the, the joyous task. And I'll put it to you first. So trying to find the best bits, if there is any, and the worst bits, trying to cut that down to bullet points <laughs> and score <Yeah>. the film. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I would recommend it, but I would do it with a caveat of try not to take it seriously, because even though the film tries to take itself seriously, you cannot take it serious. It's just it's there's too many plot holes in it yeah. um, to be able to do that. Um, and the way people die and the flow of the film is just well it's ridiculous really um, <laughs> I don't know what would I score it out of five I'd probably have to give it quite a, it'd probably be a two I think that's not bad to be honest it's not bad I could have been crueler but I think I do look at this film with a hint of nostalgia because I did used to really enjoy it 
all those years ago back in the early 2000s and late 90s when it came out but uh, I don't know best bits I don't know I think that the comedy element of it even though it wasn't trying to be funny is probably the best bit about this film yeah um and John Voight the fact that his face is how it is the entire time and the fact that they even whoever made the decision that he'd be regurgitated and then wink Super. at Jennifer Lopez yeah. needs an Oscar just for that idea. It's, it seems to be believed, isn't it, that it really, yeah. really is. It's it just has to be. amazing. Yeah. So I mean I don't know. It's really hard to pick good bits, bad bits. In general it's bad. Um, with a couple of hilarious decisions which make the film worth watching, if you like. That's that's how I'd see it. What yeah. about you, Stu? I, do you know, I completely agree. I think it's amazing. So, a lot of the films, we've done 160-odd reviews. A lot of them old. And you get, say, for instance, a Secret of My Success, which is on our podcast view. It's, if it's not on there, it's on the YouTube channel. You get that nostalgia. And sometimes nostalgia can save a film and blind you from an actual opinion of what you've got and this film just can't do that to a certain no. degree which is amazing you can't kind of sometimes you have that loyalty and you think i'm going to talk about this and i'll have the other guys on the pod and i'm going to stick to my guns that this film is a good <laughs> film even though in your heart it's saying it's shit a bit and i just can't get that with this film and there's no voice in my head going stick up for it stick up for it no no so i'd score it uh a two because at the time it was groundbreaking now it's it's so funny and it's on netflix um in the uk i don't know about anywhere else but watch it listen to this podcast and you'll see what me and neil are talking about because it's so funny john voight is brilliantly the pantomime baddie when he's not really meant to be i don't think um the nods between him and mateo about their plan that no one else picks up on is comically bad uh special effects have dated um but i think then the best bits are the bits that you pointed out, mate, that the bits that are meant to be tense, the bit uh, that are meant to kind of be creepy even, yeah. that are just comical. It is brilliant. And I'd recommend it just for the sake of seeing to be believed. Honestly, yeah. it's just that funny. It really is. But yeah. yeah, 1997 wasn't the best year for making films about snakes. Seriously. No, it wasn't. No. Definitely. Because no. they did do a second one, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did the second one. Rather. Yeah, Hunt for the Blood Orchid, followed by the three yeah. TV spin-offs. So, yeah. um, it's, I have to yeah. say, I never watched any of it because I just don't think I wanted to. You know, no, I didn't. I funny enough. <laughs> I mean, anything after that with the word anaconda in, I stayed well away from, honestly. Yeah, I've oh. been badly scarred. But, but yeah, so we've got up and coming... Um, we've got Disney's uh, new film or new show, um, Hawkeye. Yes. So we're going to be doing that just as we did for um, Loki and just as we did for Falcon the Winter Soldier. So look out for that. There'll be two pods coming every week. And in the new year, um, I'll be resurrecting the reviews for Cobra Kai. Season four, season one, two and three are on the YouTube channel. Um, they're not audio. Sadly, you get to see my ugly face. I have lost three stones since then. I feel like I was Alan Partridge when he went off the rails, or <laughs> that put loads of weight on that. I've wow. managed to, to lose like, it now. Doesn't matter how big or small you are, you'll always be stunningly beautiful. So oh, you're just too it, kind. You're it'll just be a treat kind. 
for anybody that wants to go and view him on YouTube. I don't know about that, Jesus. <laughs> We're going to try and do The Matrix 3. We've oh, been trying to do so. it for so long. We've done one and two, but it's just trying to get everyone else together because everyone's got commitment, especially as Christmas is coming. It's harder and harder. So mm. failing not being able to do that, myself and Neil will be smashing out podcasts every single week. Um, so don't worry about that, guys. But anything you want us to review leave a comment we're on twitter and just go to youtube just leave a comment on one of the videos there so that's us done anything else from your lovely self neil before we go no just thank you again for everyone that tunes in and listens to our drivel uh we really do appreciate it so yeah come and check out the youtube channel there's lots Definitely. of good stuff on there that Stu's put a lot of effort into um so you would enjoy it um and yeah hope to uh be in your ears again soon Definitely. Oh, very quickly, I saw the Ghostbusters Afterlife last night. Oh, you did, didn't you? Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Don't avoid any spoilers because it will ruin your experience of watching the film. But I really enjoyed it. It's so good. A great kids film. Great references to people who are our age. <laughs> you will pick up on some of the brilliant yeah. references on there. So, again, I totally recommend it. I can't wait till it's out so we can talk about it on the podcast. I want to release the other episodes of Ghostbusters um, just so people can catch up and listen to those. But yeah, yep, I, I might recommend take, Afterlife. I might take my boy to go and see it, actually, and then we can talk about it anyway. Um, 100%. I'll be up for talking about that, mate. It's really, really good. Excellent. So that is it. Enjoy yourselves. Look after yourselves. And we'll be back very soon. Take care. Before you go, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, The Film Realcast. We've got The Mandalorian, The Terminator franchise. That's all six films. We've got The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Cobra Kai, Season 1, 2, and 3. Soon to be doing Season 4 and many more. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button.